Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. This is Positively Farming Media. Seems like we were just talking about the things that we can do to help our gardens survive through all the summer heat. And now we're already talking fall garden. But really, this is the time to be talking about it. If you've never grown much in your fall garden or grown a fall garden at all, let me tell you, you are missing out. There seems to be so much less insect and disease pressure with a fall garden. The weather also seems to be a bit more predictable too, even if it's still hot when we're getting started. Now, this doesn't mean the fall garden is foolproof, but it does mean that many of us get a second chance or a sort of redo of our spring crops. If there were things that didn't grow well for us that we'd like to try again, fall is a great time to do that. If there were things that grew fantastically well and we want more of that, fall is a great time for that too. It's also a time to get things going that will overwinter in the garden if our climate is mild enough or if we can employ some extra protection measures. On today's episode of Just Grow Something, we're going to run down the things that we should be considering in the garden as we move into fall. The time to do these is now. Many colder areas, especially get kind of shorted when it comes to summer gardening. And so the earlier we can plan and prepare, the better off we are. And stick with me until the end, and I'll tell you all about my fall garden planning challenge. Let's dig in. Hey, I'm Karen, and I started gardening 18 years ago in a small corner of my suburban backyard. When we moved to a five-acre homestead, I expanded that garden to half an acre, and I found such joy and purpose in feeding my family and friends. This newfound love for digging in the dirt and providing for others prompted my husband and I to grow our small homestead into a 40-acre market farm. When I went back to school to get my degree in horticulture, I discovered there is so much power in food, and I want to share everything I've learned with as many people as possible. On this podcast, we explore crop information, soil health, pests and diseases, plant nutrition, our own nutrition, and so much more in the world of food and gardening. So grab your garden journal and a cup of coffee and get ready to just grow something. Before we dig into fall gardening, I want to give a shout out to a few of our listeners. The first one is Cody. Cody is an avid listener of this podcast. She was a student in my Plan Like a Pro course this past spring. She's in the Gardening Friends Facebook group, and I'm realizing that she also just happens to be in a lot of the other gardening Facebook groups that I'm a part of, so I see a lot of her activity. And let me tell you, Cody has been spreading the gardening knowledge all over the place. She's taking what she's learned and not just helping answer people questions in our group, but I've seen her proactively go out into other groups and let people know, hey, this is what I've seen in my experience. Here's what you might need to know right now, even ahead of people even starting to ask questions. I love this sharing of information. I mean, obviously, it's the whole reason I started this podcast, but I mean, we need more of this. 
I love seeing people taking what they've learned either from me or from someone else or through their own experiences and helping the person who is just behind them in experience. You don't have to be an expert to help other people learn. You just have to know a little bit more than they do or have different experiences than them, and you can answer their questions. If we all waited until we were experts to share our knowledge, then nobody would be learning anything. I don't know everything. I will never know everything. I learn something new in the garden every season. And if I can shortcut that learning experience by leaning into what someone shares with me, then that means I get the result that much more quickly. There are a lot of people who are really in a bind right now with costs so high in the grocery store and other costs making it even harder on the household budget overall. We are donating even more produce every week off of our farm than we have in the past, and it just doesn't seem to fill the need, like ever. So the more that we can teach people to grow a little bit of something for themselves, the more we all can help our neighbors, whether they're physical neighbors or in the online space, the better off we'll all be. The other way that we can share knowledge is to share content, which brings me to another quick shout out. First to Laura over at The Girly Homesteader. She pretty frequently shares these episodes with her audience. And then Kathy Gormandy of P&K Farm Flowers also shares episodes a lot. And you likely remember her from our Cut Flower episode. That not only helps the podcast, obviously, but... It just might pique the curiosity or the interest of someone who follows your accounts that maybe hasn't started gardening yet and doesn't know where to go for information. Maybe seeing that you're listening to gardening podcasts will move them to ask you a question or two about your garden and how you got started, and then maybe that gets them moving towards starting one of their own. I know you guys can tell, I feel really passionately about people needing to understand the fundamentals about how to grow their own food. And I am worried that as we progress through the next few years, we might see that skill go from a nice to have to more of a necessity. So check on your fellow gardeners or gardeners to be and see if there are questions that you can answer for them. So thank you again, Cody and Laura and Kathy and all of you that are spreading good gardening info out there. You are my people. Okay, so let's talk about the fall garden. Planting a fall garden has a bunch of benefits and actually has some definite advantages over the summer garden in certain ways. So the first thing is you are extending the growing season, okay? Planting a fall garden, you get to continue enjoying your own fresh homegrown produce well into the cooler months. It allows you to absolutely maximize the productivity of your garden and make the most out of the space that you already have. Don't think that you don't have space for a fall garden. You would be very surprised at what you can fit in once some of your summer plants are spent or by tucking them in and amongst your continuing uh, summer garden. The next thing is the cooler temperatures. 
the fall weather, you know, obviously starts to get cooler, which is definitely an advantage for certain crops that will not grow in the summertime. So leafy greens, root vegetables, those brassicas, they absolutely thrive in those cooler temperatures. And Oftentimes, we have problems sometimes getting those in certain areas to actually grow properly in the spring. The cooler temperatures in the fall often also make them taste sweeter. So this is attributed to that sudden change in the weather in the spring. So especially in our area and areas a little bit further south and sort of around us. So Missouri, Arkansas, Oklahoma, um, Kansas, even over into Illinois, it seems like the spring very abruptly comes to an end (laughs) or it will suddenly shoot up to real high temperatures for maybe a week to 10 days and then drop back down again. In either of those cases, Your brassicas specifically suffer in that type of a change. But when it happens in the opposite direction, when you are planting them in the fall, yes, the temperatures may still be quite hot outside, but those temperatures will gradually start to fall down. And even if they do spike back up again very briefly, well, those plants have already been acclimated to that heat. So it's not a a shock to them. And then as it continues to get cooler, then all of those phytochemicals start to sort of react to those cooler temperatures. And I swear the brassicas and the leafy greens just tend to taste so much better in the fall. And also, if you had not such great success with some of those crops, um, doing them again in the fall is an excellent time to try again. Another reason there's a little bit of an advantage to the fall garden is reduced weed pressure. Weeds just tend to be less aggressive in the fall. It makes it easier to manage them. So, of course, if you have less competition from weeds, your fall crops are going to have a better chance of getting to that big, beautiful harvest that we want. It's also going to require less work from you. And I don't know about you, but I'm getting very tired of weeding my summer garden. So along with those cooler temperatures in the fall, you also get lower water requirements. So of course, it's cooling off, in which case that's going to reduce the evaporation that happens with the plants, and it's going to lower their water requirements. So if you are somebody who needs to water fairly frequently, this is going to reduce your water usage, and it's going to reduce the need for that frequent watering, especially compared to those hot summer months. If you're somebody who doesn't frequently irrigate, you are going to see these plants just do much, much better than your summer ones. And fall gardens generally also require just less intensive maintenance, you know, with the milder temperatures and, you know, a a reduction in the pests and the diseases, you can actually spend less time on the garden upkeep while still getting a really good bounty out of your garden. And of course, you know, again, we go back to those crops, certain crops just aren't available to be able to grow in the summer. And if you miss your window of opportunity in the spring to do those things like lettuce or spinach or kale, you know, the the brassicas, the root vegetables, by planting a fall garden, you're going to have the opportunity to grow those crops. And again, they are going to be their best in terms of flavor and of texture. Now, one more benefit of a fall garden doesn't necessarily 
impact the fall garden. It actually impacts our spring garden. And that is soil improvement. Okay, so your fall garden actually provides you with an opportunity to improve your soil for the following year. Even if you don't plan on growing anything for harvest in the fall, planting cover crops, or going ahead and incorporating your organic matter in terms of compost or whatnot um, into the soil during the fall can enhance the fertility and the structure and your overall health of your soil. And of course, that's going to just set you up for a successful garden starting in the spring. So these are just a few of the many, many reasons why I absolutely love planting a fall garden. It can be very rewarding. I absolutely think that it is worthwhile. Enjoy the cooler weather, experiment with different cool weather crops, and savor that extra flavor that those cooler temperatures seem to bring to the garden. So up next, we're going to talk about some steps to help you plan and grow your fall garden and get you into the mode to be able to really progress from summer into fall and possibly into winter right after this. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. We know that summer heat can really take a toll on the garden, but have you taken a look at your lawn lately? The heat of the summer is a perfect time to apply summer strength. The heat stress water conserving formula specifically for lawns from Elm Dirt. Prepare your lawn for the heat and traffic of summer fun by using code Wolf Creek, all caps, all one word at checkout for a buy one, get one free offer from Elm Dirt on any of their products. JustGrowSomethingPodcast.com slash dirt gets you there and code Wolf Creek saves you the coin. The link is in the show notes. Okay, so here are some basic steps to help you plan out and get going in your fall garden. The first thing is to figure out what your first frost date is in the fall. And if you are someplace that doesn't get a frost, you want to know what your Persephone period is. That's the time of year when your daylight hours drop below 10 hours per day. Knowing the average date of the first frost in your area or your Persephone period is actually pretty crucial for planning your garden. It's going to help you figure out when to start planting and when to expect to harvest, which is your second step. Calculate your planting dates. You want to count backwards from the first frost or your Persephone period to figure out the appropriate planting dates for each one of those crops. Most of the seed packets are going to give you that information on the number of days to maturity. It is also going to give you uh, the days to sprouting, how long it takes for them to germinate. So you can add that in, um, especially if you're going to have to be starting your own seeds indoors. Keep in mind when we're talking about fall, things might sprout a little bit more quickly initially and they might grow a little bit more quickly initially because those soil temperatures are going to be warmer. But as the day length shortens, that growth is also going to start to slow down just a little bit. So just keep these things in mind as you're trying to calculate those planting dates. And then, of course, speaking of seeds, you're going to have to figure out 
whether or not you'll be starting those seeds indoors, or you're gonna also have to plan for where you might find those transplants. Some of these cold tolerant crops um, absolutely benefit from being started indoors and then planted later. My broccoli and cauliflower um, and my cabbage are very specific examples of this. Brassicas, for sure, are in this category. So not all of your local nurseries are going to offer vegetable starts for the fall. So if you check with your nursery and they don't plan to carry anything, then you'll need to get your seeds started ASAP. Follow the recommended indoor seed starting times and techniques for each crop. It's usually listed on the seed packet. And I also talk about seed starting in each of my crop specific episodes. And so you can look up that crop on my website and you'll find the episodes, the articles, and any videos if I've done them um, to get that information. Okay, because the other option there too is some of those crops are actually going to be directly sown into the garden. So you want to start preparing the area either way. So you're going to clear the garden beds of any of the debris and the weeds. You're going to pull up any of the spent plants from the summer garden to make way for fresh ones. This is also when you want to kind of loosen the soil up a little bit, amend your soil with some more organic matter like compost if you have it handy so that you can kind of improve that fertility and keep that soil structure going. And this is absolutely something that you want to do in the fall. Again, even if you don't plan to grow anything because it will absolutely benefit you come spring. So once you have figured out what it is that you're going to grow, when you're going to plant it, you've got all your soil prepped and you get everything into the ground, you want to make sure that you have the ability to be able to extend your growing season properly. So consider using season extending techniques like row covers or cold frames, little mini hoop houses. Last year, I bought these little mini greenhouses that went right over top of some of my raised beds. I got them at Aldi. They were on clearance for like 10 bucks. I think they're initially like $20, but you can find them on Amazon too. I will, I will link to some of them in the show notes. They are fantastic and they are really good. All of these different structures are really good for helping to trap the heat in and keep the temperature around the plants more favorable as as you get towards the very end of fall. So if you plan for crops that are going to come to maturity right around that time when you hit your first frost date, then you want to be sure that you have some frost protection on hand. Also, if you plan for crops that are going to hold through the winter to be harvested while dormant, you're going to need to time your planting to be sure that they reach maturity before your daylight hours drop below 10 hours per day. This is regardless of whether you get a frost or not. At that point, then, you can... You can have them to maturity and they will grow very, very slowly, but you will be able to continue harvesting off of them. So you just want to be sure that you have whatever frost and freeze protection you plan to use kind of at the ready, because we all know how awful it can be to lose a crop to an unexpected early freeze. And then a lot of these things that will winter over the, you know, the kale, the leafy greens and that sort of thing. Spinach is really good for overwintering. You just keep it covered, go in there and harvest what you want when you need it, and then cover it back up again, keep it that way all through the winter time, and then come spring, they will actively start growing again as those daylight hours start to lengthen. Now, if you are in a warmer climate and you don't have to worry about covering these things, um, but they're still going to start to slow down. So again, you want to make sure that you have them to maturity before those daylight hours start to drop. And then 
you are still going to need to manage the pests. It is not as bad as summer, but it can still be an issue. So things that are kind of common in the fall are things like aphids, slugs and snails, and fall armyworm. Some of your summer pests are likely to still be around as young adults, things like stink worms and squash bugs. But the good news is that they are going to be more in preparation for winter mode, not reproduction mode. So not only will their numbers not be increasing at this point, you should be able to easily see the adults and there really won't be any nymphs or or eggs to manage. Now, in other cases, with things like the squash vine borer or tomato hornworms, Colorado potato beetles, and cucumber beetles, they all like to lay their eggs in the soil or overwinter as adults there or as grubs or sometimes all three. So disturbing that soil as you garden in the fall is going to expose those eggs to get them dried out or eaten by birds or other insects. And it's going to keep those adults from being able to find a nice comfy spot to bed down for the winter. So continue to work that soil every time you're in the garden. Not super deep, just the top few inches where your plant roots are residing anyway. And that's generally where those insect pests are going to reside. So Doing that for the fall is going to help your fall garden, but also during it, doing it during the fall is going to help your spring garden as well. And then finally, harvesting. Okay, we, we talked about this with the summer garden. Regularly harvesting your crops is going to encourage them to continue production through the first frost. So we don't want them going into, you know, seed mode, essentially, because if you leave those things on too long, then they are like, oh, it's time for me to go ahead and send out my seeds. And then A, you don't get anything out of them. Or if it's something that you would do a continuous harvest on, they just send out signals that say, oh, that's it. We're done. We've done our job. And, and they don't continue to produce anymore. So, um, and if, you know, if, if everything is coming already all at once, you may also want to be prepared to preserve that harvest in some way, shape or form, whether that's freezing or drying or canning or whatever it is, make sure that you've got those things on hand. And remember, if you are planning to overwinter something, then you'll be able to harvest off of it all season long through the winter and you won't have to worry about preserving anything. Now, just remember, these recommendations are going to vary based by your location and based on your weather patterns and your climate. So take what I've said and and sort of go through that checklist, but also talk to, you know, gardeners that are in your area or local gardening resources, whether it's your master gardeners or your county extension agent. This is what I mean by sharing the knowledge. If you can get information from people that are close to you, that live in your area, that have a little bit more experience than you do in gardening through the fall and the winter, then you'll be able to shortcut your learning a little bit and you'll have a little bit more success. Now, if you're still not sure you want to tackle the fall garden, or if you need just a little boost to get you going, I've got something for you. Next week, I will be running a fall garden planning challenge. This is designed to take you step-by-step 
through getting your fall garden plan in place. So every day for five days, I will send you an email designed to get you from zero to completely planned by the end of the week. So this should get you set up to jump into whatever seeds or plants you'll need to fill your fall garden with all kinds of goodies. And again, if you don't think that you have room in the garden for more stuff at this point, I challenge you to think again. We will go over exactly how you're going to figure out where all that goodness can go, what to plant and when, and even how to extend the season into winter with some of those season extension and planting techniques that I talked about. This challenge is absolutely free. It's just a way for me to convince you to tackle that fall garden. <laughs> can you tell I'm passionate about this one too? And if you already planned on a fall garden, it's not a bad idea to take on this challenge anyway. I always plan my fall garden when I'm planning the rest of my garden. I do all my planning in the wintertime and then follow through spring, summer, fall, and then through the winter again. But a whole lot can change between when I made that plan and when it's time to plant. And I can tell you this year, it has changed a whole lot. So all of the steps that I'll be taking you through, I will be doing myself right alongside you. So I'll put the link in the show description and in the show notes of where to get signed up, or you can head to justgrowsomethingpodcast.com slash fall to get signed up. We start on Monday, July 24th, and you'll get five emails, one each day of the week. Now, if you're listening to this at a later date and it's after July 24th, you can still go to that link and sign up and you will get those emails started right away. That is justgrowsomethingpodcast.com slash fall. And if you're on my email list, you'll have that link in your email box right after this episode releases. So just head to your inbox for all the info. That's it on fall gardening. I hope to see you in the fall garden planning challenge. Until next time, my gardening friends, keep on cultivating that dream garden, and we'll talk again soon. You just finished another episode of the Just Grow Something podcast. For more information about today's topic, go to justgrowsomethingpodcast.com, where you can find all the episodes, show notes, articles, courses, newsletter sign-up, and more. I'd also love for you to head to Facebook and join our gardening community in the Just Grow Something Gardening Friends Facebook group. Until next time, my gardening friends, keep learning and keep growing.